Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. I want to continue on the subject of vision. And this time, I want us to personalize it. So I want us to look at discovering your personal vision. Discovering your personal vision where the Lord is concerned, where ministry is concerned. You know, if I say discovering your, your personal vision, some of you are thinking about your ambitions, what you want to see in 10 years in your life. You want to be rich, drive a fancy car, live in a fancy house. That is a very, very limited and a very small vision. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9 from verse number 10, Acts chapter 9, Bible says that now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Street." And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is my chosen vessel, chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. I will show him how much, how many things he has, he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 4 to 10. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord, behold, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. And the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand and touch, put forth his hand and touched my mouth, 
And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. Hallelujah. So you see that everyone, everyone that God speaks to, everyone that God has any conversation whatever with in the Bible, it was for a purpose. God always calls people for a reason. In fact, there is nobody, nothing on the earth that has no purpose. How many know that? The, the, the predator has a purpose. The prey has a purpose. The hunter has a purpose. The animal that the hunter hunts has a purpose. Do you know that if they didn't have lions and all those type of uh, uh, predators, the world would be overrun by smaller animals. So even though the lion is always running around killing, he has a purpose. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Everything in life has a purpose. So you also, you have a purpose. Do you get it? And sometimes we, we, we neglect to look at the purpose of God for our lives. Because we feel that it's a, God will choose to use some people, but not us, not me. Like uh, Jeremiah here, he says that, Ah, Lord, if you want to choose people, Pastor Ben is here. Why don't you choose Pastor Ben? He is the one with the, the aura and the, 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 the nobility to, to, to go and spread for your word. Why do you choose me as a small little tiny person like me? Hallelujah. You see, so I, I, I'm, I'm trying, what I'm trying to get us to focus on is to understand why God called you. To understand and discover your purpose. The vision God has for you. Because otherwise you may, you may live without any vision. We talked about where there is no vision. People cast off what? Restraint. People will just behave anyhow. Where you feel that there is no spiritual vision over your life. You will live a Christian life. But it will be a Christian life that flows everywhere. Anything, any wind that blows you, you go along with it. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Everybody comes and says that, now you are prophetic. I'm going to make you a prophet. Then you follow prophetism. When somebody can say, no, the Lord is calling you to be a, a healing evangelist. Before you realize you have become a healing evangelist. When somebody also comes and com convinces you that you, you are supposed to be a deliverer. By the time you realize you are, you are being tossed from pillar to post everywhere. You are here, you are there, you are everywhere. And it's happening everywhere. Because a lot of us don't understand that there's a unique call of God for our lives. Am I making sense? We are all not prophets. We are all not teachers. We are all not pastors. We are all not uh, healing evangelists or whatever. But we are something. And it is really... The onus is on us to discover why he has apprehended us. Paul says that I want to know the purpose of the call of God for my life. I want to understand why he laid hold of me. 
So what everything that God has used me for in the past, I count it as nothing. But I press on so that I can understand the purpose for which he has apprehended me and what he wants from me. Am I talking to somebody? So you or and I must want to find out why has God chosen me? Why has he brought me here? What does he want from me? Somebody ask, what do you want from me, Lord? I, we said that vision is a mental picture of what you are going to become in the future, which means that you are not yet, but you will become. The prophet Jeremiah was 17 years old. He was not a prophet yet. But God says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained and called you to be a prophet. I had a, then he said, I am, I am, I'm small. I, I don't, I can't speak. I can't do this. I can't do that. You see, most of the time, when God touches you, when God calls you, you feel inadequate. I, I, I always suspect people who, if you call them that, I want you to do this. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's not be anything to go feed do. <laughs> Those type of people <laughs> I'm very suspicious of. <laughs> I, I, you get what I'm saying? Because anytime God really calls you to do something, that thing looks too big for you. And you feel inadequate to do it. How many understand what I'm saying? It feels not. No, why, why me? Why me? I am too sinful. I'm too bad. God can use people, but not me. I always say that if we were to vote for the person to be the pastor, me, I will not vote me. I remember one day my pastor came and he said to me, Chris, I believe God is calling you to be a pastor. I laughed in front of everybody. I said, you are crazy. I told the pastor you are crazy. Before I realized I was a pastor, I was talking to him in front of everybody because it was so bizarre. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? I want us to look into and build a picture in our minds of what God wants to use you and I for. What has God called me for? Amen. How many want to go on this journey with me? Oh, only two people. They say only two people. Psalm 139. Is it me or the place is very hot? Psalm 139 verse 13. He says that before you formed my inward parts, you covered me with my mother and covered me with my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. Amen. God knew you, God called you, God formed you. Everything you are, everything inside of you, your inward parts and everything goes to align with the vision God has for you. I'm trying to teach us how to discover the vision that God has for us. And I'm, I'm starting by saying that your inward parts and all those things were made for a reason. Are you with me? I, I think I've told you previously that when I was young, I used to like fighting. Have I told you that? Yeah. 
I used to, I was, you know, I throw, have a lot of I throw. And one thing I don't like is bullies. I always like to go for the bullies, and I bully the bullies. Because that is, that is me. That is what I've, that is my makeup. But I believe that all those things were supposed to allow me to be in a ministry, to go and break grounds, places where nobody can go, things that nobody can start, I'll start it, and confront some bullies in the land. <laughs> Am I making sense? Because all those things, you see, your inward parts, all those things form who God has made you to become. Are you with me? The thing that people think is imaginable, why would anybody in their right sense do this? No, don't go and fight the bully. The bully is a bully because he's a bully. <laughs> Isn't that true? You know, the playground bully, the big guy who likes to bully everybody. I am as small as all the people that are bullied, but I want to target that bully and go and fight him. Even if you beat me, I'll go. Because I don't like seeing people being bullied. Are you getting it? And so I didn't know that all those temperaments and all those things are part of the core. But the Bible says, Amos says, he says that, then shall you know if you follow on to know. As you follow on, God makes some of these things clearer to you. Amen. Are you with me so far? Are you discovering your call? Some people are very mild. They like to 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 peace. Yeah, like to settle everybody. Yeah. You see, like peace. No, 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 please don't fight. It's okay. It's okay. You are right. You are also right. You are also right. You're okay. Everybody, you are all fine. You know, that's the pastor. Yeah. He's the lover. He says, God, like, no, no, no. Me, I'm not like that. I come. You are the one who is causing the trouble here. Fight the person so that there's peace. <laughs> so I fight fire with fire. All of, you, all of us are needed. The one who has to come and fight fire with fire is needed before the lover or pastor comes. Otherwise, there won't be any pastor. If you go, you, you see people fighting. Oh, you are right. You're also right. You think they'll stop fighting? Ah, don't continue fighting. So sometimes you need the type of apostle to go and do the fighting. Then after that, the pastor, the lover will come and call, bring peace. Do, do you get it? Yeah. All of us are needed. The one who also likes to always go into things. Likes to say, always passing through, finding things. He's also needed. We we'll ask questions. Wants to ask all the questions. So, how many girlfriends have you had? Who was your father? Who was your mother? I don't need all that. It's not <laughs> interesting to me. But the evangelists will go and find people, become friends with them, so that he will break them and settle them. That that personality is also needed. Are you getting it? Everybody, everybody has been called for a reason. And everybody, your makeup is part of who you are and who God wants to use you for. Hallelujah. 
you see somebody, he, he just likes to make sure that everybody, everybody comes up. So he wants to be like a personal coach to everybody. You know, we are running. Then you go to the one who is, so you can do it. It's okay. Come, come. You hold my hand. It's okay. Come with me. You can go. I haven't got time. If you are going, if you are last, you'll be last. I have to go. Do <laughs> you get it? So if you leave some, uh, me with people like that, they will die. So you need a teacher who will come. Who? It's okay. I know it's difficult, but you can understand it. Don't worry. Small, small. You, I will help you. I will, you know, put one leg in front of the other. It's difficult to understand, but you let's go. Let's go. Small. It will work. It will work. I haven't got time. Whether it will work or not, my, my friend, let's go quickly. <laughs> are, are you getting it? So in an organization, a church like this, we need everybody to discover what God has purposed for them to be. Do you understand? Most of the time, play, everybody goes and they want to be like the pastor. So if the pastor, pastor is gra-gra like me, then you see that the whole church, they are all gra-gra people. No, 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 no. We can't have everybody behave in a certain way. <laughs> it won't work. And you have a church, uh, the pastor is very cool. Everybody feels that those, you have to be cool. No. Even the ones who are not cool have to pretend to be cool. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some people don't like, you know, they don't like trouble. When there's trouble, they walk away. Some too, they run to where the trouble is. Some just drop the bomb. People are fighting, it's gone. <laughs> Amen. So I want you to discover your vision, what God wants you to become. And become that thing. Amen. So my, what I'm trying to do is to show you how you can discover who God has called you to become. Because it is in your youth. You didn't hear what I said. I don't think you got what I said. Your, your vision is inside your youth. I said something very heavy, but I don't think you understood it. What God has called you to become is from the time you were a child. Your makeup has is, is, is always been there. You know, Peter was like me. He doesn't think too deeply into things. Let's go and die. Let's go. Pull the knife. Let's go and fight. But you need him to be the leader. Because the one who thinks too deeply won't go. Because after he's thought deeply into it, he won't take any risk. But as a, 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 a soldier, can you imagine the, the priest, the high priest and the, uh, what do you call it, the Caesar has sent his soldiers to come and fight. There's only one person with a knife. That is Peter. Can you imagine about 30 or 40 soldiers? One Peter. He takes the knife. He wants to fight. How many people can you kill 
before, before you are killed. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't think through it. He just cut the ear before he realized that, hey, I'm taking a, a water pistol to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah. But that is the apostle. That is the leader. That is a person who has to be in charge to lead. Because by the time he analyzes, we are all dead. It's like, no, 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 this is, we can't do it. Analyze, let's think about it. Let's work, you know, let's, let's, let's take a plan. Let's see what we can do. This thing, would it work? No, let's wait a bit. Let's try something else. Hey, this thing, are you sure? Uh, no, 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 no. This, that's too much thinking for me. So I take, I take that step before I realize, hey, what have I done? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are you with me so far? So we all need to know what God has called us to become. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Bible says that for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. So what God has called us to become, he prepared it beforehand. Our job is to walk in it. Hallelujah. Our job is what? To walk in it. How can you walk in something you haven't discovered? So it's imperative that you, should, you and I should discover the reason why God has called us. Amen. And not only are we uniquely made, but God has created and equipped us to do something very special. Not only are we uniquely made, but God has made us in such a way that we will do something special. Can you believe that God has made you a very, very special person? Remember that little boy that brought his loaf and fish for Jesus to feed the 5,000? How many will agree with me that that guy is very special? And how many will agree that he was a little boy with a very generous heart? Because little boys are naturally very selfish. Little boys naturally will not, they will share everything, but not their food. They can share their, because little boys are very, very active, and so they get hungry quickly. I've had young sons and young daughters live with me, and I can tell you that the young sons are major source of financial loss when it comes to food. <laughs> the girls will play with the food. There's a, most of the time, the girls will play with the food. Is it me alone? Pastor William, are you agree with me? The boys, the young boys always cause financial loss to the state. And as they grow, it's even worse. Sometimes 2 a.m. They wake up and fry, fry chicken. I'm in your house now. You hear? You hear? You think that a thief has come into, <laughs> into the house. <laughs> when you go downstairs, you realize that 2 a.m. somebody's frying chicken. 
So that when they get to know how to fry chicken, you're in trouble. And how to make pancakes. When they can boil rice, you are, that's even worse. Chips. Then beggar. Chips, beggar, and then they'll put some eggs. Then they'll pour all the ketchup and everything that is in the kitchen in, on it. Make it into like a horror story and eat it. <laughs> so you see, young boys do not share their food. Young boys, he's gone on an excursion. His mother gave him fish and bread that is supposed to last him the day. He must have been a boy who is very generous. A boy who is very understanding. A boy who has a very, very soft heart. Because God needed him to be at the right place to give his loaf and his fish. If there were some of the boys in this room, if they were the ones there, that miracle of the feet of 5,000 will not happen. How, how many are like, give me a wave if you were, if you were the boy? <laughs> There's no way that, that, that feeding of the 5,000 will come up on. It won't come on. Because by, by the time Jesus wanted the loaf, it's finished. So you see, God has so ordained it that you should walk in them. So your generosity is part of God's ordained plan. Your being able to share is part of God's ordained plan. You're not liking food. Do you understand? You're not liking food. Even though contrary to popular opinion, boys like food more than girls. You're not liking food. It's also part of the preordained Gift of God, so that you walk in it. So that the day God needs you to provide your five loaves and fish, you are ready to give. Am I making sense? Yeah. So that you fulfill the purpose of God. Because every one of us in this, in this room, there's a unique thing that God is going to use you for. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? There's a unique thing that you alone can do. Do you have two boys or two, three uh, boys giving their loaves in the story? Only one boy. And that boy had to be at the right place at the right time to give. Hallelujah. Am I talking to you? So I'm trying to get you to understand that there's something very unique that only you can do. So don't minus yourself out of the people that God uses. Don't say that I don't qualify. Don't say that, oh, those, those I had are usable. As for me, I'm a backbencher. No. There are no backbenchers in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All there are is people who have discovered their vision and people who have not. 
But they are no bad men. And they are no useless people in the kingdom of God. There is nothing useless. God uses everything. In that same story, you see that when everybody had finished eating, Jesus said that, pick up all the crumbs. All the bread pieces and the fish, fish heads and fish tails that have, uh, and bones and gather them. Because everything is useful. Say, I am useful. Say that God can use me. Say that I am more useful than I know. Hallelujah. Don't think that all you have to be is to be a Christian believer, be saved, and then march all the way to heaven. You have your bus ticket to go to heaven and that's it. No, no, no. no. There is a, you are part of the, 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 what do you call, how do you call it? A cock in the screw for the work. You know, if a screw is missing, the whole machine does not work well. Do you understand? You could be just the bolt that holds everything together. And sometimes it looks like because you are not in the top, you are not the hand, you are not the leg, you are not the, you don't matter. But have you ever had a little, you know, little like your little toe hurting before? Or like a little, your tooth, a little tooth ache. It's just a small member, but that thing can seize the whole body. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So it's imperative for all of us to discover why God has called us. And what God needs from us. And let us be very content in that vision and the ministry. And then operate that ministry to the fullest. Because that is where your blessing is. Amen. So, discovering your personal vision helps you to understand who you are in Christ. Your talent and the comparative advantage you have. When God said, I will build my church, he had Uncle Fred in mind. Are you with me? Yes. When God said, I will build my church, he had Uncle Fred in mind. Can you imagine if Uncle Fred said, "Eh, I am not as, you know, I cannot preach like Pastor Ben. I cannot do, you know, this. I cannot, you can't sing. I can't lead. I can't do this. I can't do this. So I don't have a ministry. That that would be a very sad thing. Do you get it? And how many know that if he discovers his ministry and he works in it, he gets the same reward as I, as you, and as everybody else. So away with this mindset that the one who is talking in the microphone is the one who has the greatest gift. He is the one who is the most blessed. It's not true. Hallelujah. There was a woman in the Bible called Lydia. Lydia was a seamstress. And when everybody, those days, they didn't have a lot of money to buy a lot of clothes. So when you have like two or three, that is it for a long time. So 
when there's a tear, you go to Lydia. And Lydia was so generous, she will sew it. She will patch it free of charge. Your children's clothes are torn, take it to Lydia. Everybody goes to Lydia. Everybody, anything. Lydia was very busy. Like Uncle Fred is always busy. Water is leaking, Uncle Fred. Lights, Uncle Fred. Something, Uncle Fred. Projector, Uncle Fred. Carpet, Uncle Fred. Lydia was like that. One day, Lydia got sick and died. They say, everybody can die. But as for Lydia, no. Send for Peter. Send for Peter. Come on, send for Peter. The Bible says they washed Lydia's body and put her body in the upper room where they have church service. And they say, we will not sit until Apostle Peter is called. Peter was in Sheffield. They sent men with horses to go and get Peter to come. Peter had to drop everything and come and pray for Lydia. Why? Because she was unique. She had discovered her vision and her purpose and she was operating in that purpose and that office. And she was so vital to the body that they could not afford to lose her. See, when you discover your purpose and your vision, the vision for God in, your, in the ministry, you become a, an irreplaceable person. And immediately God has to send all the resources of heaven to aid you. Do you know that it was not Peter's Miraculous skills that raised Lydia. It was heaven's backing that raised Lydia because Lydia had discovered her unique purpose. My question to you, have you discovered your purpose in the ministry? Hmm? I'm asking you. Last week we talked about the advantages of discovering your vision, isn't it? Remember we said that vision motivates. Was it last week we talked about that? The importance of a clear vision. What was it, number one? It increases your what? Your morale and decreases your frustration. You see, if you don't know your purpose, the purpose you have to fulfill in this room, you'll be frustrated. Do you understand? The least offense, you just leave. Now, how many know that when you discover your purpose, things, some things don't bother you? You are not easily moved. Because you know how, you know your worth. You know how important you are to the ministry. Do, do you get it? Yeah. It will not shake you. The Bible says that we must not be as children that are tossed to and fro by every wind. When Jesus was des describing John the Baptist, he said that who did you go and see in the wilderness? Did you go and see a reed that is blown by the wind? No. You went to see somebody who knew his purpose. For, for those who wear nice apparel and nice uh, purple and things, they, they stay in king's houses and king's courts. 
had not John. He was a man that knew his purpose. He had discovered his purpose and how important and how vital it was to pointing Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you knew, we all need to understand why we are here. What is it that God wants from you and I? How important are we? How important am I? Because it will motivate you. What else did we say? Fishing attracts cooperation. You see, when you are clear in the purpose, you get people to help you. Now, Uncle Fred is so clear in his purpose that when he calls anybody to help, they know exactly what they are going to do. They have become prophets now. Do you understand? Because, because he's so clear in his vision and what he's there to do, he just attracts help. It's very, very easy. But if you go and meet a very confused man who doesn't know a chisel from a, a saw, <laughs> it's like when he calls, nobody will go. I mean, if I call that, come and help me. I'm building something. I'm not sure you'll come. <laughs> because you know that there's going to be a lot of confusion. <laughs> because I cannot even hold the hammer properly. Are, are you with me? Yeah. Vision, clear vision, and trust cooperation. Next one. It also, when you have the good vision, clear vision, you are focused. People and things don't distract you. See, life is full of distractions. How many know that? Life is full of distractions. Yeah, everything. Every phone call is a distraction. Every phone call, every social media post is a distraction. There are some people, your day is spoiled by something you read in the morning. Somebody you see. A phone call, a text message that you received in the morning is enough to spoil the whole week. Just, just one, one, uh, one, just text or email or 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 something. It just pulls your whole day. Your whole mood is gone. It's because you already didn't have focus. So the slightest thing throws you off. But when you are focused and you know what you want to do. You are not easily distracted. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, every footballer can kick. Isn't it? But not every footballer can take a penalty. And the reason is that a lot of people cannot withstand pressure. And they are easily distracted. So they are, not, they are not elected to kick a penalty. Because it's okay to kick the penalty in the, in the practice ground where there are nobody, nobody shouting at you, no camera, cameras flashing in your eyes and all that, nobody waving and distracting you. It's, it's easy. You score 10 out of 10. But when you put it there and there's so much pressure. This is the last one. <laughs> it's the last kick. When we win, we are going home. Victors, when we lose, that's it. 
Then we will know whether you are focused or not. <laughs> Some people want to preach. I'll give you the microphone to continue preaching. But can you understand what I'm saying? When you are focused, nobody can distract you. The reason why most of us, we are easily distracted in the house of God is because we don't have a focus. We are just here. I'm here because Sister A invited me to come. So if Brother B offends you, you are gone. Or if the person who invited you offends you, that's it. Then you see that the person didn't have any vision in the first place. So the slightest thing, then they create things that don't even exist and they add it to their, to, to give them the reason to. But when you have a vision, purpose, Jesus called Peter Satan. Everybody heard. Because the Bible says he rebuked Jesus. Sorry, Peter rebuked Jesus. He said, far from it. You're not going to, to the cross. Who de- how dare you? You're not going to the cross. We are, we are doing ministry. We have left all our things, our businesses to follow you. Now you say you're going to die. Then what will happen to us? Are you crazy? <laughs> Fishing, I just mortgaged my fishing net. If, if, I, if I don't follow you, what am I going to do? You are going to die. Then what will happen to me? I have a, I have a mother-in-law. I have a wife. Especially the mother-in-law. <laughs> Jesus turned around and called him Satan. He said, depart. He said, you Satan. Get thee behind me, you Satan. For thou savest not the things of God. How dare you say that about me? That I don't savor the things of God. After following you for so many years, I've abandoned my, my vocation, I've left my business, and I've followed you. Is that the thanks I get? You are calling me somebody who doesn't savor the things of God. Ungrateful. You see, that's why I don't like this type of pastors and this type of Jesuses that are walking around. <laughs> How can you talk to me like that? You see, you call, you call Kevin. Hey, Kelly, did you hear what? You didn't hear what that Jesus said about me? Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Have you heard what this this? If he, how dare you talk to me like that? Calling me somebody. You didn't have a vision to start with. Peter, after he was called Satan, he kept on following. Because he knew he had a place. Because he has been told, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell. So this is your insult. <laughs> Quite frankly, <laughs> have you heard it? Because <laughs> it was just a few verses after he had revealed his purpose. Say, flesh and blood has not 
reveal this to you, but my father. The next minute is that you, thou savest not the things of God. You are just a selfish person thinking about your stomach. But because he had the vision, he was not going to be dissuaded. See, when you understand the vision God has for you, you are not easily afflicted. What was the name? The last one. It, you can, when you know your purpose, your vision, it's easy to evaluate where you are as opposed to where you have to go. The next one, vision motivates. When you have the right vision, you are motivated. Amen. You are motivated. If you don't have the right vision, you can easily be discouraged. Amen. It also gives you direction. Vision gives you direction, isn't it? And it also helps you to understand the strategies that you need to adapt. There's a scripture in um, 1 Corinthians 1, 27 downwards. It says that you see your calling, how not many noble after the flesh, how not many wise. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound, to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things which are. You know, the thing that God has called you into is something that doesn't look very, very strong. It doesn't look mighty. It doesn't look very, very noble. How many know that the thing you can do easily, you despise? Hello? Am I the only one? You know, there are some people, they can easily talk to people, make friends in easily. Do you know somebody like that? He can just, I don't know the person from Adam, but within two seconds, he starts a conversation, and they are chatting and laughing like, best of friends. And for people who cannot do that, it is a great step to say to them, go and say hello. How do I go and say hello to this person? What would I say? So they go, they start fumbling. Eh, eh, hello. Eh, 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 so, eh. <laughs> then they look very clumsy and very awkward. How many know what I'm talking about? But for the person who finds it so easy to do it, they don't understand what the big deal is. Just go and say hello, start, start having a conversation. How that difficult can that be? It's because it comes so easy for you, it feels that it is easy for everybody. And, and it's something that you despise because it's like, just do it. I mean, how difficult can that be? But for people who cannot do it, 
Listen, if you ask me to run a mile, I'll do it. But to go and talk to a stranger and make friends, not something I can do. So you see, the call of God, I'm just trying to give you address, uh, signposts to discover who you have been called to become. What God will use you for is something that's already inside of you. Something that you find so easy and so weak and so you feel that it's nothing. There are some people they can just enter into a group of strangers and start entertaining them. Yeah, Cracking jokes and everything. And <laughs> it's nothing. There are some people in this room like that. But there are some people, they will melt. If you put them in front of three people, they won't be able to do anything. <laughs> they will freeze. How many know what I'm talking about? They don't freeze. But when you put them in the midst of people they already know and they are comfortable with, and then that is easy. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see, the thing that comes so easy to you is the thing that God has called you to do. Some people don't, you know, there are some people... Chatting up a girl is the easiest. It's like a hobby. They chat. They chat this girl. Chat that girl. Chat that girl. Chat that. There are some people who want to put them in front of a girl. They just freeze. They can't do anything. Say anything. Even when you have said everything for him, and he just has to go and show his face. Even that's why he struggles. <laughs> So, so uh, did you come to church? Ah, you saw me in church on Sunday. Why are you asking? So, did you come to church? <laughs> you start asking silly questions. And such a person doesn't understand how it is easy for somebody to just go and be chatting up strangers and talking to them, and they, they just can't understand it. You don't know that that, that talent and that gifting, it is not for girls. There's a chocolate called not for girls. How many have seen that chocolate before? It's a bar. Yoki, not for girls. <laughs> yeah. It is not to chat up girls. It's, you are an evangelist. <laughs> you didn't think about that, did you? <laughs> You're an evangelist. It's time to go and evangelize with that gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are discovering our talent. You know, we define vision as a clear mental image of a preferable future imparted by God to the chosen servant based on what comes easy. Vision is a clear mental image of a preferable future impacted by God to his chosen servant based on their... I wanted to use the word temperaments. But sometimes temperament makes... It, it type of makes it rigid. 
Do you, do you get it? So that people feel that I am choleric. It means that I have to be the apostle. <laughs> I am melancholic. So I am the one who is, who is the teacher pastor. I am sanguine. So I'm the... <laughs> You get it. But I believe that all the temperaments can be used in every call that God has for you. So I don't want you to just pigeonhole and say that I'm this. These are my temperaments. So it means that this. No, no, no. But see, there are things. There are some people who are cholerics, but they can't talk to girls, for instance. But they are very, very choleric. But they can't. It's not... So when you say that because you are this, it means you can do this and that, it, it's wrong. Do you get it? So like God said to Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you. I formed you and I added all the ingredients, the right ingredients into you to make you into what I want to, to use you for. So when he was saying that I can't talk, he says, I have touched your mouth. I have corrected the, the, the speech uh, deficiency that you had. I have corrected it. So you can talk from today. Hallelujah. So my prayer for all of us is that we discover why God has called us. And what God wants to use us for. As you discover what the purpose for your life is. In terms of your, your natural Life, isn't it? God has called you to become A. God has called you to become B. And all those things is great. But in the kingdom of God, there is a call of God on your life. And please don't check out of this life without discovering the purpose for which God has called you.